So I'm not quite sure that I've gotten used to this statement. How's your granddaughter? <laughs> the truth is, I'm not quite sure I'm used to it because I used to be asked, Tom, how are you doing? Karen, how are you doing? Now all we get is, how's Nora doing? So she's doing quite well. Uh, five weeks old now, and so we continue to celebrate and continue to thank God for her gift of life. And so um, enough with that. You can go on, guys. No, keep it, go back again. Isn't that, isn't that just precious? You, we can go on now. That's okay, we can go on. No, go back. No. Yeah, that's a, I like that. Although, when you, see my, when you see my daughter, which she'll be coming to worship, I think, next week with the baby, can you talk to her about those bows? Every picture has a bow in her hair. Anyways, enough of that. So listen, I want to bother you today. Can I bother you today? Uh, I want to bother you with a passage of Scripture that's been bothering me. I, I was doing some Bible study. Uh, I do Bible study quite a bit, and I was doing some about two weeks ago. And I came across this passage of Scripture that has just been irritating the heck out of me. And so I thought I would share the irritation with you. Uh, because I, I just don't care to suffer by myself. Uh, and so I thought I would share the joy of suffering. Uh, the scriptures say that we celebrate the joy of suffering together. So I want to read to you this passage of scripture. And if you'll take out the, your teaching notes, it's printed right there at the top. And, and I really just want to invite you to, uh, to really look at this passage and to place this passage in a place where you'll not only look at it right now, but you'll look at it in the days and weeks to come, because I think that if we can capture the essence, if we can capture uh, the, the full meaning of this text, uh, that it has the power to transform our lives. And so either in your handout that you have in the bulletin or in the Bible that you brought with you, will you please look with me at Jeremiah chapter 6, beginning with the 16th verse. <clears throat> this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And there you will find rest for your souls. But you said, no, we will not walk in it. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. Therefore, hear, you nations, you who are, witnessing, who, witness, who are witnesses, observe what will happen to them. Hear, you earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. I want us to look at the very beginning of this text, verse 16. And I want you to look carefully at this with me. Because I think that in this very passage, I didn't give the response to the statement, but in this very passage we have the set up for what can help us to fulfill life 
in God's ways or to keep our lives focused on what the people, the Hebrew people, uh, did many, many years past. I want you to read this with me because this is a text that I would like for you to memorize. Will you please recite this with me? When you come to the crossroads, take the ancient paths and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. And then it goes on and it says, but you would not listen. And that's bothersome to me. It's bothersome to me, uh, not only as an individual, but also as a nation. But as I think about my life, and as I think about your life, I'm wondering how many of us uh, just want to pay attention to those things that will advance Tom Schaefer, that will advance each of us individually, rather than uh, following uh, the principles, the guidelines, the, the, the ordinances of God. How many of us will keep our eyes focused on God and how many of us will keep our eyes focused on what will bring value and only value, so-called value, into my life? So uh, not long ago, I was reading uh, some, uh, some stories and uh, working on this sermon and I came across this story about a young man who just graduated from high school. He was 17 years of age. He lived in the mountains of West Virginia and he wanted to do exactly what his father had done with his life and what his grandfather had done with his life and his great-grandfather had done with his life, and that is he wanted to be a coal miner. And so that young man, he graduated from high school, and the very next day he was uh, at the coal mine uh, applying for a job, and he, he got the job, and the very next uh, day he went to work, and he got his his uh, helmet on, and he went down into the shafts. And the first thing that, the, that his father said, and that his grandfather uh, said to him, is, son, do not wander uh, off. It is very easy to get lost down here. And he said, I, I remember my, my father and my grandfather taking me down into the coal mines, and it was uh, great. There were lights on, and it was, uh, he said, I love it down there. And so he, he, he walked in and started shoveling, started working, and they were taking his first break. And so he decided to do what his father said and his grandfather said not to do, and that is that he went off and wandered away from the, from the work team. And he wandered down the path with his, with his light on, and he wandered down and wandered down and wandered down. And then the unthinkable happened. The light on his helmet went out, and it was pitch black. He called out for help. Is there anyone who can hear my voice? No one responded. He started groping around trying to find a, a, a wall that he might be able to follow the wall out, but he didn't know if he was supposed to go uh, right or if he was supposed to go left. Where, what, where was he supposed to go? And, and finally, he, he knelt down and he, and he offered this prayer to God. Dear God, please, I do not want to die. I do not want to die here in this coal mine. On my first day on the job, I do not want to die. And as he was standing back up, his hand reached down and felt one of the rail cars, the rails. 
And so he just held on to that rail car in the midst of the, in the pitchness of, of the darkness of that, of that shaft, the coal shaft. He kept on going down and up and up and up, just holding on to that rail and holding on to the rail. And finally, he got to a point where he could see light in the distance. And there was his father looking for him. I want you to hold on to that story as we think about this text from Jeremiah chapter 6. Because I think that this chapter, Jeremiah 6, really does speak about how many of us position our lives and how, how our nation at this very moment is positioning our lives, I believe. What we know from Jeremiah 6, verse 16, is that the Hebrew people were at the lowest point of their history. Nothing was working. Their entire civilization was collapsing. It felt like everything was falling apart at the seams. And so the question has to be asked, why? Why was everything falling apart, it seems? Why uh, was everything collapsing? Why uh, was everything uh, just uh, at a low point? And it's because of this. Because people have stopped being faithful to God. People have started to, to walk along the principles that they have created that we have created, rather than the principles, doctrines, beliefs of the ancient past. We, we, have, we have been people who, who have become uh, so alienated from God's plan and God's purpose. We have become people who are simply disobedient. Now, you say, well, Tom, it's really not that bad in our country. Uh, well... Some people say, well, it's really not that bad in, in, in my life. Well, well because the Hebrew people uh, were, were living on so-called the top of the mountain. The Hebrew people were the people who were living with everything going for them. They were the chosen people. They were the ones selected by God in order to, to be the people of God that will give leadership to the world, their known world. Who they were and who they became resembles in so many ways who we were and who we have become. And we say, well, we're the greatest power in the world. We're the greatest people on the land of, the, of, of earth. Well, we have everything. Do we? Or have we become disobedient to God's principles and God's ordinances? Have I become, uh, have I become less faithful? Have I started to walk in my own paths, my own desires? You 
And I think that this scripture is, is really a, a, a telling sign for us, a, a, a wake-up call, a, a warning alarm to say uh, that we must find a way of walking in the paths of righteousness and not in the paths uh, that, will, that will lead us in the paths of darkness and becoming strangers to God. The scripture says again, stand at the crossroads. Stand we must stand at the crossroads of life. Look for the ancient paths. Look for ways that are good and walk in it. And there we will find peace for our souls. See, I, I think that's what God wants for us. I know that's what God wants for us. And the question is, how many times have we as individuals, how many times have we as, as the people of God started to live our lives like the Hebrew people, started relying upon my own strength, my own wisdom, my own desires, and failed to see God's principles, God's ordinances, and God's laws, the ancient paths. Because it is only when we recognize the ancient paths, these laws, these, 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 these ordinances that God has placed, will my life, will your life, will our nation's life be in alignment with God's passion and God's plans and God's purpose for our lives and for our nation? I can't tell you, I just can't tell you how many times, how many hundreds, probably thousands of times I've had uh, people come and speak to me and, and say, uh, Tom, uh, this is what's going on in my life. And I, and I start thinking about this passage of Scripture and I start thinking, well, we are losing our focus on the power and the presence of God in our lives. Stand at the crossroads. What's your crossroad right now? What is it that you're facing right now? What choices are you facing that will lead you in the path of God's righteousness and God's love and God's purpose for your life? And what is it that's going to lead you down the path of this world? And which path are you going to select? Which path am I going to select? One of my closest friends, uh, several years back, he was uh, uh, starting up a new company. And this is a guy who, who is known for, uh, for whatever he touched turned to gold. So he had, the, he had the charisma, he had the talent, he had the knowledge uh, that would be able to, to get into any business that he, he had a passion for, and it would take off and become very, very successful. And so he got into this new company, he, he formed it, he got a lot of great people around him, and, and he just started going down the path of, of building a strong business. And they were making lots and lots of money. 
And with all that money, he kept on building the company larger. With all that money, he kept on buying bigger and bigger houses. He had this huge mansion. He had this huge boat. He had this so many beautiful cars. He had purchased himself a plane and a pilot. He had everything going for him. Until the IRS came to him. And started helping him realize tax evasion is a criminal offense. And so he soon realized that because he had not created a moral foundation for that company, that he was going to be spending time in jail. And now, you go to uh, that beautiful mansion that he lived in, and th there's another family living in there. You go to the building where his, his beautiful company was, and there's a for sale sign on the building. That plane, that jewelry, those cars do him no good in jail. I think about that passage of Scripture. Stand at the crossroads. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the good way. And walk in it. And there you will find rest for your souls. Again, let me ask you, what is it that you're being confronted with right now? Something small? Something large? What relationship have you been in or what relationship um, do you want to be in uh, but because of the way that you are living your life, that person won't accept you into that relationship. Is it time uh, for us? Is it time for you? Is it time for us to be able to say, I am no longer going to walk in, my, in the paths of this world, but I choose to walk in the pathways of God that will lead me into a future that God wants for me? See, we can, we can make this and we can say, oh, this is just about the big picture. And that's where we'll make our mistake, if that's all we think about. If we just think, oh, this is the big picture and I, I, what I'm doing with my life is not that big. But if your life and my life and the lives of those worshiping among us here today, if we continue to live outside of God's perfect will for our lives, all of us will begin to drain society and we will be just like the Hebrew peoples and we will be at a low point and we will be at a point of collapsing and we'll be at a point where nothing seems to work and we'll be at a point where we are uh, just um, falling apart at the seams. And I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but I do know about my heart 
is that I want this passage of Scripture to transform my life. I do. Every little aspect, every large aspect of my life, I want it to be in alignment with God so that I can live in peace. But the Hebrew people said no. How we said no. So there's, a past, there's another story about a, a carpenter, a man who had a large company of building homes. Uh, he he uh, talked to his principal carpenter for a large crew, and, and so he went to his uh, principal carpenter, and he said, uh, I want you to build a very special house for me. And the carpenter said, of course I'll do that for you. And so the, the, the owner of the company said, here's the amount of money I want to spend, which was a considerable, considerable amount of money, and here are the blueprints for the house. But before we decide exactly on this blueprint for the house, I want you to look at it with me because I really respect your ideas and I want to change things according to your thoughts. And so they went and they looked at the blueprints and, and, and the carpenter had all these ideas and they scratched up the blueprints and the man says, great, this is what I want and with the kind of money I just gave you, you can use the best resources. So the owner of the company went away and the carpenter went to work. And as he started laying the foundation, he, he laid a strong foundation. But then as he was starting to construct the walls, he started realizing, you know, if I use a little bit less of a quality material uh, on, on some of these walls, uh, then I would have a, a greater profit margin and I'd be able to, to gain a little bit more in my pocket. So he did some with the walls and did some with the ceilings, did some with the uh, air conditioning system, uh, some with this ornate firework, fireplace that they wanted to build. And so he just started uh, chipping away at some of the quality items uh, that they that the owner wanted. And they finished the house. And the owner of the company came back and, 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 and looked at the house and said, my, this looks so good. And the guy was far as saying, well, it looks good, but if you just knew what I knew, but I got a lot of money in my pocket. And so the, the man said, well, there's just one thing that I need to do. The carpenter said, I just need to give you the keys to the house and I, I'll give you the keys to the house, and, 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 and we can be gone. And the guy, carpenter, gives him the, the owner the keys to the house. And then the owner says, I just want you to know how much I have respected our relationship for these many years, and I have had this house built for you. And he returned the keys. My friends, every single day, you and I are building houses. And we have choices to make. And the choices that we have to make are, will we follow the guidelines of God, the principles of God, the ordinances of God, as we build our eternal casa, house, right here, and the house that is in our future, that is made by God in our eternal home, Will we build it according to the standards of God or will we build it according to the standards of this world? 
It's what the Hebrew people had to, had to look at many, many years ago. And they decided to do things according to their ways. And so today I simply ask you, when you hear, when you think about this passage of Scripture, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. For there you will find rest for your souls. So there's the choice we have to make. And it's up to us. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious God, you are so loving. You are so willing to forgive and to lead us. May we stand at our personal crossroads today and may we ask for the ancient past to become clear for us so that when we walk day by day, that we're not walking hand in hand with culture, but that we're walking hand in hand with you. Come, Holy Spirit, transform us, remold us more into your image this day. Amen? Amen. So as you are able, I invite you to stand and sing this uh, closing hymn, uh, that these words that we're about to sing will be transformative in the way that we live our lives. Amen.